0: Mark My Words shares Mark Homer's contrarian views on investing, business, finance, economics and all things money. Mark interviews the world's most successful business, finance and money experts, as well as imparting his knowledge in a factual, direct and no-nonsense manner. Welcome to Mark My Words.
1: Hi, Mark Homer here and welcome to Mark My Words. A few weeks ago, I was one of the keynote speakers at the Property Super Conference, which was the biggest residential property event of 2019. I don't do a lot of events anymore, but it was great to give a speech at a sellout O2 event. I talked about the current property market, the economy, a little bit about Brexit and some of my current deals. Thank you to everyone who came to the event. It really was a fantastic weekend. So, on to the episode, and I hope to be with you, giving you more value on a subsequent
0: instalment. I am very excited. I get excited easily, yes, but I am very excited. Because this man who is about to grace the stage rarely, rarely does public speaking appearances. It is very, very rare. And in that regard, this is a special treat. I know you all know how much Mark does for the property community, the property world, and how smart that guy is. And I feel privileged to be his business partner. And in the early days when we started out and we were skint, he'd say, don't worry, Rob, when we go out, I'll pay. And he paid over and over and over. Back then, he wasn't so good with the women, so I think he wanted a bit of coaching. (laughs) Just saying. It was a bit like the blind leading the blind. So obviously we talk a lot about money. We talk a lot about joint ventures. We talk a lot about no money down. What we don't always talk about, and it's important, is friendships. And I've met my best friend in this community, and that is amazing. And we're 13 years and we're still going strong. And that makes me as proud as anything else we've achieved. The hundreds of properties, the millions of pounds. It makes me very proud. Now. He is a little bit strange. So how does one write a limerick about Mark Homer? That's not easy. I would just like to apologise in advance. The genius that is Mark Homer. Analyst, geek, loner. His wife gets upset and won't let him forget that only a spreadsheet can give him a boner. (laughs) Anyway, I would like to cut short my stay this weekend. I'm going to be gone that way. Please all stand up and give me a huge round of applause. He is one of your two main keynote speakers. Have fun, mate. Enjoy it. Have fun.
1: Well, good afternoon. Hello, O2. 20,000 people. <laughs> so, thank you, Rob. I appreciate the introduction. I've sort of got to uh, carry on from that now. I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk to you a little bit about what's happening at the moment, what's happening in the economy. So, where are we now? Well, there's lots of negativity or has been. Brexit sort of backed off a little bit. Uh, UK GDP growth is probably around 1.5%. Do you remember that sort of major wobble last Christmas? You know, the economy was going into recession. Trump was banging the sort of GDP or banging the trade drum with China. um, The yield curve inverted, all that stuff. Who remembers that? Where it was getting very, very negative and we were almost definitely going into recession. Well, it didn't happen. And therein lies a, a very big sort of uh, lesson with predictions and trying to guess when the next recession is and trying to work out where we are in the cycle and how the timing works. So, you know, for me, it's about doing deals that work in pretty much any cycle, protecting the downside, going for a sort of rental model, going for something long-term, basing the strategy on income. I don't really like selling stuff. you know, that's, that's just sort of how I've, I've done this. So looking at inflation, if you look at CPI, um, it's quite clear now that inflation is is probably starting to pick up a little bit. Um, I reckon if we didn't have this sort of Brexit backdrop, we'd probably have interest rates going up, up a little bit now. Um, if we didn't have all the sort of negativity uh, around sort of Brexit and all the, the sort of trade tensions that... that haven't really materialized yet, but people are guessing may, may materialize. Um, so if you have a look sort of over the last, I don't know, 10 years on that graph, you can see sort of we're, we're back on the sort of upward trajectory. Rates are very, very low uh, and confidence is starting to, to rebuild. But most employers, most sort of businesses, they're not investing, they're not mechanizing, they're not spending money on infrastructure and buildings and all that sort of stuff, because we've had this series of uncertainties. So, you know, you'd have Brexit. Prior to that, you'd have the recession. So what are people doing, in, what are businesses doing instead, instead of in investing and, and and buying those sort of long-term assets? Lots of them still have the business, still, still have the income, still are making the sales, but because they don't want to make the long-term investments, they're hiring. So they're probably putting that money into hiring more staff, it's pushing unemployment down. You know, wages are going up, wages are recovering now. Um, But of course, if things sort of turn bad, then they can make redundancies, whereas it's more difficult to do that with long-term sort of technological investments. So there's been quite a big shift, uh, and this this has moved the, the whole backdrop. If you have a look at gross sort of weekly earnings, you can have a look, they've really started to grow now. You, you probably noticed for um, many years after recession, it was always, oh, wages aren't going up, wages aren't increasing, all that sort of negativity. You never see this in the press, do you? You never see the fact that wages are going up, unemployment has, you know, is 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 actually the lowest it's been for many, many decades, 30, 40 years. And as we move into the future, there's gonna be an effect, you know, there's this, this is building beneath the surface. It's it's good in a way. It's, it's maybe bad for rates, but it's probably good for rents. It's probably good for capital values. It's good for all of those sort of, you know, when people need to go for a loan and a mortgage, you know, they need to meet the sort of income requirements. This sort of builds in the background. Um, so this, this will come through. You can see there, pay going up, excluding bonuses, yearly change. You know, it's over, over sort of 3% now. It's quite significant. Um, so... You know, I, I suspect this is going to continue now uh, for, you know, however long they don't want to invest. So what, what is that productivity puzzle that I was talking about earlier? Well, this is obviously where, you know, the, the the technology, all of those sort of machines in the factories, all of those buildings, all of those, I don't know, maybe they, they might invest in wind turbines, they might invest in new software. Businesses just haven't really been doing that stuff. Um, so, of course, that's meant that they've, they've needed to go and hire. When you have a look at sort of redundancies, all of those are down, so much, much, you know, sort of reduced, um, and obviously wages are, are lifting sort of off the back of that. So you can see the productivity puzzle. So I'll, I'll explain just in, in simple terms. If you think of the output of the country in comparison to how many workers there are, so it's output per worker, it's not really increasing. If you look at If you look at all the sort of you know, the first world economies, you know, all the way after the Industrial Revolution, over the last hundred years, they've all got more and more productive almost every year as we sort of invest in this stuff. It's not really happening anymore. The, the, the cycle has changed. Uh, and you can see that's what's been happening since 08. And part of that is probably holding interest rates down. Uh, and there's, there's a big sort of underlying story here for what happens, you know, in the future. So as I was mentioning earlier on, last Christmas you had sort of Trump, you had wobbles, sort of recession. Did you, did you know, anybody notice the yield curve? You know what the yield curve is? So it's, the yield curve is very, very important. When people are investing in, say, bonds, or, or in this case, U.S. government gilts, they'll usually expect to get a higher return on, say, a 10-year loan to the government, a 10-year bond, uh, US Treasury, than they would on a sort of one year, yeah? And that would be the same with UK government gilts, the loans you give to the UK government. But that curve actually switched. And the reason that switched was because investors were becoming so nervous about the economies, you know, the world economy generally going into recession, so when you lent money to, say, the US government and the UK government, it was actually a lower rate that you would receive on that money um, or a lower, lower yield um, for a longer period of time, the 10-year sort of outlook, rather than, say, a three-year. And that usually indicates that a recession is around the corner. And so that happened last Christmas. The market dive loads. Um, I had so many people coming to me saying, shit, everything, all the wheels are going to fall off. I'm selling all my sites. So I'm going to get out of the you know, property and all this sort of stuff. And I just kept saying it's very difficult to predict this stuff. But what is it good for? What are times like that good for? Buying? What, what is particularly good right now? I mean, I know some of that's gone. Some of that sort of hesitancy and, and people not wanting to buy has, has sort of abated a little bit. But I think there's still significant softening. You know, if you look in our market where we are, house prices are probably off 5%. You know, it depends where you are and, and, and what you're doing, but I know with development sites, um, certainly, you know, sort of new build sites, you know, and 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 to a certain extent conversions, maybe less the offices. I, I find the offices all very expensive, certainly where we are. I, I think there are more opportunities. I think there are more developers going bust. I think there are... Quite a few of these sites that have been taken back by the bridging companies, by the development funders, because of the fact that they're not selling at the same rate that they were even, say, two years ago. Two, three years ago, I think it was more difficult to buy you know, land or buildings to develop. I think the opportunity now to get that sort of stuff is there. So my, my sort of solution, and, and, and you know, I don't really ever change the strategy, is to develop this stuff and keep it and rent it out, Uh, because I I just find if I turn it into a PRS development and we manage it in-house, most of the time, we get to, um, you know, we can can always let it, we get good yields on it, and then, you know, the capital growth, well, you know, it comes when it comes. You probably get over a 20-year period, maybe you get 5% annually, but during the bad times, during these recessions, during this sort of softening periods like now, where things are taking a long time to sell in certain areas, it doesn't really affect us. I remember in 08, 09, the guys that got killed, they were the ones that were developing and they were needing to sell. Uh, The ones that were leveraged and, you know, maybe they hadn't bought the right sites, they hadn't got the right product, of course. But I think if you're developing stuff, and even if you're selling, if you can do smaller units in areas with good rental demand and make sure the yields are going to be good on a sort of Secondary plan, which might be letting them out. Uh, Keep the freehold if it's a block of flats. I think that's a good place to be. Uh, I wouldn't really wanna be building big houses right now, uh, which have to be sold, because if you rent them out, the yields are too low. I I don't think that's a great place to be. But clearly, if you're getting the site cheap enough, then almost anything works, doesn't it? So it's all dependent on sort of what you're paying and, and what the market is afterwards. So none of this stuff has really come to fruition yet. And the whole Brexit thing is being kicked down the road. Who knows what's going to happen? We've got October. That's the sort of next end date. I'm sure the press will crank it all up, won't they, just before the the, the sort of exit date. But the reality is, I suspect all the way through to that October date, it's going to get, the heat's going to go up again, isn't it? Do you Remember this last time? And go, oh, are we going out? Are we staying in? All right, less people believe that there's a no deal anymore. The market doesn't believe it. The market didn't believe it last time. Um, But it might happen. And I'm sure the press will make lots of sort of uh, take advantage of that to sell newspapers, to sell, you know, all all of their stuff. So I suspect there's going to be more, you know, if you can use that sort of messaging and that news when you're bidding on properties and, and sort of if you get really stuck in during those periods when all of that is is is, is really at its height, um, you know it's always the best time to buy shares when BP's spilling oil into in, into the ocean, or you know when there's I don't know VW in the middle of a, an emissions scandal. It's it's the same thing as this as it turns more and more negative. You can just see what's going to happen before October, um, and I think I think the development sites. I think there's big opportunities there, and I, I think in the south where things have you know no. People just hate it all. Obviously, there's the stamp duty, and that is a challenge. Um, but if you're buying land or you, you're buying sort of buildings to convert, then you're commercial rate, and that's, that's not such an issue. Interestingly, households are still spending. Every quarter, I always watch the Bank of England inflation report. Who watches that? Who's as sort of sad as me? <laughs> I can't see anyone that's put their hand up. There's <laughs> no one at all. Um, so I, I watch that every quarter. I, I find it fascinating because all of the stuff you read in the newspapers is sort of secondhand and twisted. Uh, yeah, I, I love watching that inflation report. I use that in that article. The Bank of England always gives you the sort of, you know, the clarity. If you if you watch the governor and you watch, you know, the the, the other the sort of deputy governor and all that, they they give you very specifically what is happening rather than the sort of guardian version, the the guardians of the truth or not. Um, So effectively in there, they're saying households are still spending. They say that, um, you know, whilst they're worried or concerned more about sort of public finances, you know, they're they're still out. Retail, although it's, you you read that in the papers all the time, retail's dying. Uh, And yeah, to some extent it is dying Uh, and it isn't great out there. Um, But I think that's a structural thing that started sort of I don't know, internet, you know, 2000s. That's, that's where that came from. And that was sort of predictable, really. So I don't think things are actually that bad, apart from sort of what they're being sold. When's the next recession? Who knows? We're in the second half, I would have thought, of the cycle. We're probably, you know, if you think the first half of the cycle, we got quite a lot of growth. The last cycle was about 18 years long. So I don't think that there's going to be a lot of change until this Brexit thing is resolved. Um, if you have a look at interest rates, they're probably going to be around the same level. Uh, I, I would expect, you know, probably for the next 18 months. Um, new normal? Where is it? Two and a half to three percent. That's what the governor thinks. So that's probably where they're making their way back to. Two and a half to three percent. That's probably what it's going to be. Inflation's just under target, and GDP about one and a half. So you can see quite clearly, at the end of this period, once the certainty returns, there has been a lot of sort of build-up where incomes have been increasing. You've got uh, a situation where people have been sitting on their hands. They haven't been buying houses. They haven't been investing their money. Businesses haven't been investing their money. And there's this almost like this iceberg sort of forming beneath the surface. If you're getting 3% you know, real wage growth since 2016, that probably supports about 12% higher house prices in certain areas, in the areas where it is more affordable. Uh, And obviously, you've got sort of the other effects of, you know, the uncertainty as well. There's a load of money sitting on the sidelines waiting to be invested. So all of this stuff, I think, will come through. And I think it's likely, you know, that we're going to probably see this you know, who knows, could be this year, could be next year, whatever, but I suspect you want to be there, you need to be invested, you need to be owning the freeholds, you know, maybe maybe long leases, but probably better freeholds, holding that stuff, getting it cheap right now, um, it's nothing like 2008, lots of people say, you know, used to look at me as I was crazy buying houses in 09, 10, I loved it then, um, but this is sort of now of what that was. There is an opportunity and stuff, the right stuff is cheap. Some of it isn't. Some of the, you know, the commercial and the the stuff with great tenants in, of course, that's all fine. Uh, And the finance is pretty free and easy. So it's a bit like a slide rule. At any one time, you've got rents rising, you've got sort of finance at the moment, which is, you know, very good, easy, Um, But in terms of the capital side, well, it's gone soft, and it might be falling a little bit. Um, You know, if you go back to 2008, when everybody, you know, most people just hated property, the finance was the problem, the the rents were, the yields were going up because the values were coming down, and obviously the the capital values were dropping. So there were all these, there's either three or four, oh, there's a fourth slide rule, and that's tax. Obviously that's, uh, you know, Comrade Korbanov has, has sort of in, introduced some new ideas, and the Conservatives seem to have taken it on board the last few years. So um, that sort of added another dimension to this. But if you if you look at those four slide rules at any one time, some of them are up, some of them are easier, some of them are more difficult. And you just need to move your sail to catch the wind and keep your keep your ship rolling. You know, so you've got to adapt your businesses to, to these, these changes. So You think about all the tax increases. um, You know, obviously, you can buy in a limited company and get around that. Stamp duty increases, things like that. If you roll all that through, and you you know, you sort of keep on buying, you keep focusing. You can make this thing you can make this thing work, but you you just need to sort of change the way in which you're investing a little bit. Um, So, at the moment, clearly, you know, they're talking about abolishing the section 21 but sort of beefing up maybe Section 8. Um, you know, there's, there's talk about this progressive property tax. Obviously, we've had Section 24 and the stamp. What has that done to the amount of landlords buying in the United Kingdom? It's definitely slowed acquisitions. I, In many ways, you can use this as an opportunity. As long as you're sort of, you know, buying in the right structure, you understand you've got the right tax advisors, you need to license more and more sort of HMOs and things like that. But that's, again taken a load of landlords out of the market, reduced the amount of stock, and therefore you t- you know we've got less voids and the rents are increasing. Um, so when one slide rule is down you've got the other side sort of up and you know rents and you just need to sort of use that to your advantage when you're purchasing so clearly that's the sort of backdrop that we're working with and you know in terms of the economy, in terms of you know, how I'm focusing um, our portfolio and, and what I'm buying and the reasons I'm buying it. You know, that, that, that's sort of the backdrop and, 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 and the way I'm sort of thinking.